The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk in partnership with TheChairShot.com, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network and in association with NDPW.com. Turnbuckle Talk is sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST. Turnbuckle Talk is also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFit.com, where you get 15% off all your health supplements simply by using promo code TBTalkPod. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. Listen on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you catch your favorite programs. And now, pro wrestling fanatics, are you ready? Here are your hosts, Big Joe and Carl Carafel. All right, thank you, Mr. Rick Vickery, uh, as always doing our intro for us every single week now, Carl. Uh, another episode of Turnbuckle Talk here before we get to the wrestling discussion. And as always, uh, what's been going up uh, there in Sault Ste. other than you wearing the purple version of the shirt that I'm wearing right now? That's right. I love this purple version. <laughs> um, I've always been an advocate and a fan of the color purple. It represents royalty, and that is what I am. I am royal. See when I so th- in Saint Marie, when I think the I color mean, purple, I think Prince. I don't know what it is. Whenever I see somebody wearing purple, or I think something, it's nothing negative. Uh, no, I, just, no. I hear purple and I think Prince. That's, that's just right, the first thing that always comes to mind. <laughs> it always purple rain. Yeah, man, that's, that's what comes to mind. Yeah. So um, in Sault Ste. Marie, um, I'm going to tell you, it's pretty much the same as everywhere else in Ontario right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, shut down once again. Um, not not necessarily shut down, but uh, things kind of rolled back and scaled back. So we're looking, uh, what is it now with this whole COVID-19 thing? Uh, 10 people inside, 25 people outside. And if uh, you're violating any of that, there are going to be fines attached with it. So that's pretty mm-hmm. much where we're at. Um, yeah, same as you. Yeah, we've got more cases down here. I think we're up over a hundred and something cases uh, over in this area now. So it's uh, it's one of those things where again, it's all kind of happening. But uh, I, I guess just the the nature of my my mark job, my day job, and just what we do here, I definitely feel like I'm in a bit of a bubble. Like this isn't really affecting us at all. I mean, I know there's all this going on, right. but uh, you know, it's just kind of business as usual for for me, for me, for you, and for Turnbuckle Talk here, here, Carl. 
That's right. And with this entire thing, I mean, it's not even as though it's affecting anything like going out to a store, going to a restaurant, going to the groceries. Yeah. Um, none of that going to uh, uh, religious ceremonies like it has no effect on any of that. It's only personally inside of your home yeah. and on your property. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's uh, uh, you want to hear discussions on that. Uh, I tell you what, go and listen to the Andy Martin show every morning. Yep. And uh, there's definitely discussion about that on there. Um, we won't get into that here because we're yep. a professional wrestling podcast, yes. not a COVID-19 podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and uh, actually, our, our first kind of story is uh, not necessarily a wrestling story, but definitely involving a wrestler. This is um, kind of in the midst of trying to come up with topics. So all this kind of came together rather late this week because uh, it was a little bit uh, on the slow end of things when it comes to the news here. But uh, you came across something that I thought was really, really interesting involving an individual who is not human, Carl. Oh, that's right. Uh, this guy is not human at all. All. Uh, yeah. We're talking PCO, yeah. uh, Pierre Carl Ouellette, um, 52 years old, I believe he is now. And um, I'm going to share the screen here. I'm going to share the audio. And I want you guys to listen to what PCO is doing here. There we go. We can see what's going on out here. We don't, I don't hear sound coming through. You have no audio. No, unfortunately not. Well, let me. Here we go. This is on the fly, as we always <laughs> do. Let's stop that. Let's share the screen once again. Just share while, audio. And while you're pulling it up here, Carl, just, just briefly on PCO while you're pulling it up there, just a, a man that, that, that just. It's such a cool story with him because, I mean, he was somebody who was very prominent in the WWE and had some runs in some other places and then just kind of out of nowhere surfaced in Ring of Honor to have like one of the most incredible resurgences in professional wrestling I've seen in a long time. And uh, I've had a chance to meet him in person and uh, just an incredible person. And uh, uh, let's see if we can get this going here. And I want to hear the story. <clears throat> PCO right here at the uh, corner of... Uh... Kelly Street and Bell Reeve Street. Um, I don't know what's going on with me, but uh, I wanted to run 70 kilometers from uh, all the way back in St. Jean sur Richelieu, which is about Sabrevois, all the way to the Olympic Stadium. I have my uh, loafer. I have like uh, generic, no sponsors equipment. I never uh, ran a marathon of my life. And uh, 70 kilometers, uh, that means uh, I will be running all night until tomorrow. It should take me about 12 hours. Um, throughout pain and agony and all kinds of misery. So uh, let's see how it goes and I'll keep you posted. I've got a few journalists uh, that they're monitoring me um, in real time with geolocalization and uh, GPS basically. 
so they know where I'm at and all the time. And uh, about every five miles or 15 or 10 miles, I'm going to post on social media and tell you uh, what my states of uh, minds are. So uh, uh, here we go. So there you go. That was uh, PCO telling us about this um, run that mm-hmm. he is uh, is doing here. Um, the guy is just simply a beast here. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up here so that you guys can see. Yep. Um, so lots of different stuff happened while he was gone. Um, I think one of the biggest things here. Just gotta scroll down to find it. But the guy actually had to stop on uh, one of the bridges that's there. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, here he says, even uh, even the cameras in the city of Montreal were following PCO en route to the Montreal Olympic Stadium, uh, 0.70 kilometer. Uh, I think it's just supposed to be 70 kilometer in 24 hours from Saint-Bourg, uh, yeah. Quebec to his target, uh, which is the Olympic Stadium. Um. Hmm little bit of warning there are some it's not really graphic pictures but uh there we go um so that 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 was his feet um very soon he was going to be at the uh jacques bridge um and then the uh montreal olympic stadium uh in sight um yeah so i mean he had to actually stop you can see there that's uh that's blood um (laughs) that's not dirt that's actually blood uh, so he had, had to stop and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's Man. wow. Like just, wow. Coming, coming from this guy here. Um, I don't know. That's just, that's wild. Just wild. Joe, what are your thoughts on, on PCO doing this? And just so that everybody knows before Joe gives his thoughts here quickly. Um, this was not 12 hours. This ended up being, um, 24 hours and 20 minutes um just rough to hop i mean just inspirational is the the word that that kind of comes up you know not only this but just what he's done in this uh, return uh, to professional wrestling has just been amazing for somebody at his age to be able to do a quarter or even maybe even half of what he does is absolutely incredible man uh, just the things that he does in the ring and just it's the only in the legendary stories that we've told uh, another good place to go for this uh, our, our friend michael jargo um did a um a special interview with him for um for ring of, the ring of honor people and uh, it was absolutely fantastic and you just hear some of these stories like at uh at Starcast, when uh, the first All In, uh, he was essentially doing like little stunts where basically he stapled a picture of the Undertaker to his chest and let people throw darts at him. And that's still one of my favorite stories. I mean, just the the guy is just an incredible human being, and it's inspirational. And just the, and the fact that he's Canadian, and for myself, the fact that he's French Canadian, is just uh, makes it that much more special. And then, I mean, even as his Twitter handle says there, at PCO is not human. Yep. Doing stuff like this, it really makes you wonder, like, is this guy otherworldly? <laughs> wow. Yeah. For sure, man. Well, I'm sure that we'll, um, I'm really looking forward to see more of him back in Ring of Honor again. And, you know, once they kind of get going full steam again, I mean, we'll get to a little bit of that later on. But uh, yeah. uh, speaking no. of... 
I, I'm just super yeah. happy that we were able to to give somebody a a feel good story yeah. instead of always you know doom and gloom. We would like sure. we, we want to try to provide some good stuff here too, and yeah. this is uh, this is what this is. This is a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Now, speaking of uh, our worldly, I guess this kind of uh, segues over to this, uh, especially involving uh, these two gentlemen. I believe you can consider them out, otherworldly. Uh, we're talking Sting versus Undertaker here, Carl. This is kind of come up again uh, out of nowhere. And I believe that there's a, a picture floating around there of basically the two of them, I think, in an airport somewhere over there. And it looked like they were kind of shooting the breeze. And the other pass must have crossed in uh, the in travels. Um, is there any chance, any chance again, that, uh, that this could ever happen? Cause I know that there's a lot of time that's passed and we've discussed this a few other times and I think we've kind of uh, bounced back and forth on this. I think we're, we're getting into that realm over just too much time has passed by for both these gentlemen, unfortunately. You're right. Uh, I have to agree with you there. This is uh, something that as, as great as it would be to see, I don't think that it is something that we're going to be seeing. Uh, you you mentioned that photo that's been floating around. Yeah. That one is, I believe, an, not a recent photo. That mm-hmm. is uh, a photo from, I believe, a year or two years ago. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, both, both men have said, you know, like that would have been the ultimate. But at this point, it's just going to have to be one of those uh, wish it would have happened or what could have happened right. had this worked out type of uh, situation. So uh, really, uh, unfortunately, I don't think that we're ever going to see this match. Um, quickly, briefly on The Undertaker, um, Vince McMahon was uh, uh, has been reported as saying that he was unhappy or that he was unhappy with <laughs> the way that The Undertaker uh, little docuseries on uh, the network went and that Vince McMahon actually had The Undertaker say never say never huh. at the very end of it. So that was a, uh, a request from Vince McMahon. So, I mean, money talks, right? For sure. Then, you know, if Vince McMahon wants something, he, he busts his ass to get it done. Uh, as he always has. So it'll be very interesting to see. But personally, I don't believe we're ever going to see it. Because we got to think even just age. Like uh, I'm on Google right now uh, as we're doing this kind of in real time here. Uh, Undertaker, 55 years old, right? So, and then uh, if we're looking Sting, we are looking at, he's got to be roughly around the same age, if not older. We're looking at, yeah, we're looking at 61. Sting's, uh, you know, got got a few years on him, and I just, man, especially for staying at sixty one and for his career to end with a neck injury like that, it's just it, it's very very risky to do something, and if you are, it would just be very uh, symbolic. Isn't the word that I'm looking for? It's just it's it would have to be very just character heavy. It would be something that it would just be a very brief encounter, um, share uh, maybe each other's finishing moves, maybe. But I mean, other than like a stare down or something like that, I just, I I don't know what could be safely done with these two at this point. I think, you know, Undertaker, maybe staying. No. And you see, it's, 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 it's really interesting because we, we just talked Mm -hmm. about PCO and uh, you know, he's that's pretty much around that same age bracket. Um, I think the difference though, is that PCO really wasn't on the grind, so to speak. 
So like the undertaker was still continuously working date after date after date while PCO was working minimal dates, we'll say uh, on independent scenes and stuff like that. So um, PCO has had, I guess a little bit more time to rest and uh, make sure that he's okay to do this. Whereas the undertakers really beat himself up mm-hmm. um sting same thing i mean sting uh, as well you know after uh, wcw uh there was you know some independent stuff in there there was uh tna wrestling in there as well and uh you know then he had he took some time off and uh as, yep. as bad as it is i don't think that we really got the same quality of sting that we were used to when he uh, had his WWE run, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, both of these guys have really put themselves through the ringer, so to speak. And I don't see this as being uh, something that is uh, viable without there being more injury, as Joe said. Yeah, it it really is for me. It's 10 years too late. So that's the number when I really look at things, it's 10 years too late. If we could have gotten Sting out of TNA Impact at, at at the time, yes, then I'd see us, you know, be all for it, regardless of where it is, whether it be a WrestleMania match or whatever happened in Saudi, which would have also been a strong possibility. But just yeah. for especially for Sting, it's just it's too late. Just yeah, just very too much late. so. You're right. Ten years ago, yeah, this would have been perfect. But today, not so much. Yeah. Now. It's not to say that we can actually see it happen. Vince, uh, the powers that be could force it to happen, but I would just, I would be afraid that we would kind of almost get that Shawn Michaels kind of situation happening again, where when you, when you have that comeback, you know, that wasn't necessarily bad, but it just, it, it just, it, it didn't feel like the Shawn Michaels that we remember. And that just, I'd be, I'd be afraid that it, it would just, it would tarnish the, the legacy for both of these guys. Uh, right. In the big picture things. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now the next thing here on possibilities and a possible return here, we're talking Miss Rhonda Rousey. Um, I'll let you go first on here uh, on this, Carl. What, what do you think about the possibility of her coming back and, uh, and whether this would be a positive for not a, uh, necessarily professional wrestling, but for WWE specifically, would this be a good, is this a good thing for them to bring them to bring her back at this point? No, it is not. Um, I I don't think that she's really going to give anything more than she had in her year run that she had. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, like you said, with our last topic, it's a little too late Now, Ronda Rousey, after she had left the WWE, had gone back and tried doing some more MMA and then had her own YouTube series show, whatever, with her husband and uh, different stuff that she was doing where she was calling out professional wrestling and, uh, you know, talking about, oh, it's all fake and, 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 you know, different stuff like that. That would have been the time to bring her back. Mm -hmm. Now, people are just going to be pissed off because they didn't capitalize on her comments before. And now her comments are negative as opposed to them being something that could have been and turned into positive. 
Now, my issues with Miss Ronda Rousey here are multiple fronts here, Carl. Um, the she hasn't endeared herself to the fans, especially uh, during this time off, doing the the video game streams and whatnot, and basically crapping all over the professional wrestling business, kayfabe or not. That just a that yeah, you could uh, make the argument that oh, that's her being a heel, blah blah blah. But just it doesn't really kind of come off that way. She doesn't pull that off well. Second, yeah. second of all, uh, the MMA aspect of her professional wrestling. She very much goes for that kind of hybrid kind of style, but she doesn't pull it off in a way that's believable, especially when it comes to doing the, the submissions and specifically like the arm bar and the kimuras. She doesn't kind of protect it very well. She like it's done very much kind of like out in the open, and you can see that the the limbs are being bent in a direction that wouldn't cause pain. So it just it doesn't make it believable. And the third thing that really, really gets me going about this here, Carl, is, uh, and you picked a good picture with this, because as you all should be aware by now, Mr. Rowdy Roddy Piper was my favorite professional wrestler of all time. And the fact that she has kind of taken that persona, so to speak, really, really bothers me because she is not even in the same realm of existence <laughs> as Mr. Rowdy Roddy Piper, all right? Not even in the same realm of existence. Yeah, she's done some training with Jean uh, LaBelle, not to take anything away from Jean LaBelle, arguably probably one of the best judo practitioners that there has ever been on the face of this planet. But when it comes to professional wrestlers, Ronda Rousey is not a professional wrestler, in my opinion. She is a MMA retired fighter who quit when she got her ass beat. She cried like a little baby, came over to professional wrestling, and arguably the same thing happened again. She just she comes off as a spoiled little brat, and when she doesn't get what she wants, she leaves. That's You're my, right. That's my opinion on Miss Ronda Rousey. Yep. Those opinions are shared. <laughs> now, that might not be the, <laughs> yeah. everybody's opinion out there, and if you feel differently, be, feel free to hit us up in the comments and we can address... Uh, that going forward. Now, let's get off some WWE stuff here, Carl. Let us talk about Ring of Honor. It's been a little while since we've actually sat down and actually really kind of talked about Ring of Honor because they've been kind yeah. of not really doing a whole lot to, due to COVID-19, but they are going to be having a tournament for the Sapure Championship, which we addressed kind of pre-COVID. Uh, we had talked about this, and it seemed to be kind of on a hiatus, but it looks like we're going to get into this. Now, let me bring up the graphic, and this is pretty much the bracket. Uh, to happen for this tournament. There's some interesting names on here and some unknowns, at least some unknowns to myself. Carl may be aware of some of these people. But um, let's start off in uh, on the left-hand side with the the A block. We have uh, Jay Lethal and Dalton Castle, uh, Dave Finley and uh, Rocky Romero. Uh, young uh, Yile, uh, I'm assuming that's Tracy Williams, and uh, Taylor over on that left side. Then we have Jonathan Gresham, uh, Utah Delirious, who uh, used to kind of had the book in Ring of Honor for quite a while. Uh, Seidel, Woods, King, Black, and Deppin. Deppin I'm not uh, that uh, familiar with. But uh, I want to get um, some better on on uh, the names in that second yeah, sure. part of that. Yeah, Young, I can tell you that Silas Young. Silas Young, um, yeah. And, yeah. and it's, it's Ye, uh, Y-E-H-I. Yeah, uh, Fred Ye. Um, Tracy Williams, Tracy, Tracy Hot Williams. Sauce Williams. Uh, and then we have uh, Russ Taylor, who I'm not that familiar with. Jonathan Gresham, of course. I'm not familiar with uh, Russ Taylor either. And then uh, Wheeler Yuta 
which I'm not that familiar with. Yeah. Uh, Matt Seidel, of course, uh, most of us are pretty familiar with him. Uh, he's actually uh, currently assigned to All Elite Wrestling, uh, which is interesting that he's uh, competing in, in Ring of Honor. Um, Josh uh, Woods. Uh, Josh Ca- the Goods yeah, Woods. Candy King. PJ Black was uh, the Black, one that I was looking at. And uh, Tony Deppin, which is another name that I'm not that familiar So a good mix of young um kind of unknown talent, uh, some veterans, some staples like Dalton Castle, uh, some guys like Rocky Romero, Silas Young. I mean, just it's a real nice mix in this tournament. And I think that's what makes tournaments really interesting when you have a real nice kind of mix of uh, all different stuff there as opposed to everybody kind of being too similar from each other. Very much so. And, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that they've uh, they've really broken down these brackets into uh, – uh, stuff that we can really see some good matches coming out of them. Um, Jay Lethal, Dalton Castle, mm-hmm. my my goodness, like <laughs> that's that's gonna be like yeah. if they don't go out there and make this a contender for match of the year happening. Yep. Wow, because the two of them can do it. Uh, Dave Finley, Rocky Romero, same thing. Like I mean, just all of these names. Um, yeah, and and I love. I love seeing Silas Young mm-hmm. still included. Uh, one of the veterans, uh, the the uh, older guys, as you would might want to call <laughs> him. Although he's he's not really an old guy. He's no. actually quite young, uh, but just been in the business for so long and uh, just phenomenal work coming from Silas Young. This is going to be so good to see. I can't wait for all of this to happen. Before we move on, then, uh, let us, uh, what do you think is going to be the final and who takes this whole thing here, Carl? Oh, my goodness. Um, you want you want the final coming right down to um, Rocky Romero and Josh the Goodswoods. Wow. Some dark horse picks there, uh, I would say. Uh, for me... Um, I'm going to go a bit of a different direction. I think that what's going to happen here is we're going to have a Jay Lethal, Jonathan Gresham final. This is going to kind of rekindle that feud uh, going on between these two. Um, Otherwise, I could see Dalton Castle uh, versus like a Kenny King or a Jonathan Gresham as well. Um, I think whoever comes out of that matchup with uh, Jay Lethal and Dalton Castle is going to be in the finals. And then I think that uh, Gresham will face whoever wins that. That's why I think okay. that's going to come down to. Hey, no, that's that's cool. That's cool. I'm uh, I'm kind of looking at it as a, uh, uh, you know, the pure championship is going to be almost like a uh, mid card type of uh, title, right? Yep. And uh, even though you've got some main event stars and names in there, uh, I think that those names are really just in there for that reason, just so that they have some names. Uh, I think that they're really going to give this to a uh, a rising up and coming star. Um, so yeah, I mean that's why I I chose uh, either Rocky Romero or uh, Josh Woods. Yeah, Josh Woods is, is a really good pick, and um, yeah, I think you know there, there are a few. I think Tracy Williams could be another one that could be interesting. Um, you know, he has a, a pretty good following. Yeah, uh, just be, it'll be curious to see what, what direction they'll go. Uh, I like Jay Lethal because he's really good at these kind of situations where they really need somebody to to kind of carry, to kind of pick, just pick the ball up and, and run with it. These yeah. kind of situations, so that's why I, I, I like him as a as a pick. But um, but yeah, like a Tracy Williams or uh, 
you know, like a Josh Woods would be a great pick as well, I think. I just thought they might want to possibly rekindle an old uh, uh, kind of story uh, going back uh, before, uh, and I hate even using this term, but pre-COVID, <laughs> um, Silas Young and Josh Woods were kind of yep. like in a little faction together where yeah, they, uh, they had a good Josh team. Woods was kind of like uh, being mentored by Silas Young. Yep. And uh, they could rekindle something like that and bring it down to, you know, Silas Young and uh, Josh Woods and then have kind of almost like a passing of the torch type of situation where Silas Young gets defeated by Josh Woods. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, some of the matchups have uh, already happened. Uh, let me just uh, go find this briefly here. It looks like uh, Jay Lethal uh, has uh, actually already advanced in this, and so has Jonathan Gresham. So um, already looking like it might head kind of in uh, the direction that I'm uh, kind of predicting, which is very, very interesting here, Carl. Oh, yes. All right. Before we go to our next topic, we might as well take a little bit of a break here and uh, let us hear uh, from some of our friends. Uh, let's uh, go with, uh, let's hear from our friends over at Collar and Elbow Brand. Wrestling. Wrestling. A love, a love and a passion, and a passion we, all we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. The wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow. The wrestling brand. The dictionary defines hero as a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. Being a hero in life is far more than words printed on a page. It takes an unwavering code, a compass that points true north always. And in times like these, it takes sacrifice. Hero shouldn't be a word defined by a dictionary. It's a word that should be defined by the best of us. Hero has a new definition. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always your head all right so there you go a little word from our friends over at collar and elbow brand.com or if you use promo code jk podcast of course you can always get 10 percent off and of course our friends over at the chairshot.com oh make sure and always use your head i love that uh, that tagline that those guys have oh yeah it definitely is fantastic it's very catchy it's very today when it comes to professional wrestling and uh yeah the chairshot.com go and check them out Absolutely. All right, Carl, let us move on to some New Japan Pro Wrestling, arguably my favorite wrestling promotion going on right now. And we're talking the G1 Climax Tournament here. And uh, we're going to go through and kind of uh, see what's been going on here with this. Sure. So, uh, night one, 
of the A block here has happened. Uh, so we had the the young uh, or kind of our typical kickoff match, the young uh, lion match, uh, Uemura versus Yotasuji. Um, your boy Yotasuji, unfortunately, uh, getting the loss on that one, but he redeemed himself the the following night, which we'll get to. Uh, first. Um, Tournament matchup here. We had Will Osprey versus Yujiro Takahashi. That's the Takahashi who's in the Bullet Club, by the way, uh, in case those who are wondering. Uh, Will Osprey getting the win there. Uh, tai Chi defeating Jeff Cobb in the first round. Uh, that is a very interesting one there, to say the least. And then yeah. we had uh, Tomohiro Ishii being defeated by Mr. Murder Grandpa. Minoru Suzuki. So interesting. Uh, Minoru getting a win over Ishii. That was a fantastic matchup, by the way. And then we had Jay White versus Shingo Takagi. Uh, Shingo getting defeated in that match, but it will also, uh, but uh, definitely still a great match that may or may not come up um, later on in this episode. And then we had kind of the the big kind of blockbuster match for the first night here, Carl. We had Kazuchika Okada versus Kota Ibushi, and Kota Ibushi getting the win over Okada in just under 22 minutes here. Uh, a really interesting first night and some interesting wins and losses, Carl. It's always interesting when it comes to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. This is, uh, uh, I mean, you you kind of said yourself there, like Jeff Cobb, really, Jeff Cobb lost. To Tai Chi. Um, to Tai right? Chi. Yeah, like that, wow. mind-blowing right now. But... As we said before on on our last episode, uh, this is a tournament that happens where uh, matches continue to happen. Yep. And uh, these points could change in a blink of an eye. So we could see Jeff Cobb, even with zero points, shoot right up and become the top of the top if, uh, you know, these top five, uh, you know, lose. If they all lose, uh, you know, two matches and Jeff Cobb wins two matches, well... That's putting him above everybody else. So sure. it's as easy as that. Two matches, uh, two matches won, two matches lost can make a huge difference. For sure. And it is a little weird, though, even just after the, the one night of seeing Okada in the mid of the pack there. That, that is a, a little strange, uh, uh, to say the least, uh, when it comes to that. Uh, so well, not- he's not in the mid. He's on. He's in the bottom. Yeah, he's... Because right now you have the top the five... Yeah. And you have a bottom five. So he's in the bottom. Yeah, he's in the bottom right now. But uh, right? that can change. That can change. Uh, tai Chi, I think, was uh, the real uh, surprise. Uh, but, I mean, they, they've been pushing yeah. Tai Chi quite a bit. Um, so it's not uh, – if you've been following Japan Pro Wrestling uh, since we've gotten back up and running, it's not shocking to see him getting a, a win. But to get a win over Jeff Cobb, um, that was that shocking, was shocking <laughs> to say yeah. the least. All right, so night two, the the first uh, bit of the B block here, we had uh, Yota Suji defeating Gabriel Kidd in the Young Lions match, just shy of uh, 10 minutes. It was a pretty good matchup, actually. And then we had Yoshihashi versus Juice Robinson, and uh, Juice Robinson getting the win in a um, in a match going about 16 minutes. Uh, a pretty good matchup. Uh, good to see Juice uh, back in New Japan. And then we had, th- th- this one uh, kind of uh, hurts a little bit. Uh, and I know our friend... Um, Mr. Michael Jargo is probably particularly unhappy about this one. We had Toriano defeating Sonata in that first round via countout. Um, yeah, some uh, some typical um, Toriano shenanigans going on in that one. And if you're then, following our friend uh, Michael <laughs> Jargo at Not Jargo yes. on uh, on social media, you will see the disdain he had when uh, this news came out that Yano. Yeah. 
got the win. You just wait until you know he gets back going with Destino on the podcast. I mean, that, believe it or not, Jargo is still without internet um, after the um, kind of essentially a hurricane went through his area. Yeah. And uh, so, but when he gets back on the air, you wait. You're, we're going to hear some uh, stuff from Michael Jargo, and um, eventually I'll be a guest on there again. So getting a little antsy for him to get back on the airways again. Um, after that, we had um, Hiroki Goto versus Kenta. Uh, of course, uh, for those wondering, uh, Kenta was uh, formerly Hideo Tommy in, uh, in WWE and NXT. Uh, Kenta getting the win over Goto, which is uh, a little bit surprising considering that New Japan tends to get kind of high on Goto for whatever reason. Yeah. But uh, they, <laughs> they gave the win to Kenta this time. Uh, yeah. This next one was uh, definitely a, a surprise here as well. Here, Carl, we had uh, Zack Sabre Jr. defeating the recently... Um, dethroned uh, IGP World Heavyweight Champion, Evil. Zack Sabre Jr. again, the winner of Evil. I, I, I did not see that uh, coming necessarily. Not taking anything from Zack Sabre Jr. I think he's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. But to defeat somebody who is just champion, that, that's that's pretty big in my book. It definitely is very big. Um, unfortunately for myself, when I when I think uh, Zack Sabre Jr., um, you know, we saw a lot of him with uh, like NXT UK mm-hmm. um, stuff like that, and he just he seems a lot more like the two hundred five live type of cruiser weight um, in in size and stature and look and stuff. Um, so that's unfortunately how I how I. I perceptually see him um knowing the work that he does though very very different uh he is a hard hitter he is a heavy weight worker when it comes to uh in-ring work um but yeah very very odd i think personally very odd to have uh zach saber jr going over evil Mm -hmm. um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just find it very, very weird. Yeah, it's a definitely different. But I mean, those who um, follow him on a regular basis, I mean, you know just that he's one of these rare people in professional wrestling that can adapt to his opponent. Uh, there aren't too many professional wrestlers that do that. They they kind of stick to their their style, the, their moveset. Zach can work on the fly, which I think is fantastic. And you can tell that he's been spending some time you know, with uh, Minoru Suzuki, because uh, you can tell a lot of Suzuki has rubbed off on Zack Sabre Jr. in a good way. So some uh, good stuff there. And I- I'm kind of uh, curious to see how far he'll go in this tournament. I think he might surprise some people. I think so as well. I, I definitely, I think he, he will surprise, uh, just as he has already. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, uh, only good things from here. Um, this entire tournament uh, that's happening, I mean... <sighs> <laughs> wow yeah this is just gonna be right? fantastic and if if what we've seen is any indication right now of how this is gonna go everybody should enjoy this and everybody needs to go and watch these first two uh, uh blocks that happened um yeah i mean if you haven't you're really missing out on some fantastic professional wrestling for sure and the last match to, to finish uh, the evening, we had Tetsuya Naito defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi, defeating the ace in uh, a little under 30 minutes. Uh, this was the longest match of, uh, of both nights uh, up to this point. And, uh, I mean, Tetsuya Naito, I mean, that, that guy burns the, he brings uh, the house down every time. And uh, it just it was uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, and then getting the win over one of the most popular guys in New Japan uh, right in that first round. So that was, that was a big win uh, right off the hop there. <clears throat> oh, yeah. 
And to yeah, just, I'm, I'm super interested in in this entire thing. I mean, they've uh, essentially they've gripped me already, mm-hmm. just with everything that's happened. I mean, for for a lot of people, this can seem like it's a very long, drawn out type of, yep. uh, you know, thing that goes on. But um, essentially, what's happening here is that New Japan Pro Wrestling is giving you professional wrestling, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and giving you great professional wrestling. Uh, and mixing things up, not just keeping the same two participants going into the ring all the time. You're seeing the same people on a regular basis, but you're seeing them against different opponents yep. for point systems. Like, it's just, it's fantastic. And you can see a lot of really interesting and some possible dream matchups happening. Like, like just to kind of fast forward uh, to the upcoming rounds to give you an idea of some of the matchups that we're in for that, that like leap off the page to me. All right. So we have like Jeff Cobb versus Shingo Tagagi. That's going to be huge. That's going to be a big one. Cobb versus Shingo is is going to be pretty damn special. Uh, Minor, uh, we have uh, yeah Minoru Suzuki versus Tai Chi. That could be an interesting one as well. Uh, Kotobushi versus Jay White. Uh, that one kind of leaps off the page uh, for me as well. We have Naito versus Zack Sabre Jr. in night four. Uh, we also, we have Jeff Cobb versus Minoru Suzuki in night five. That one's going to be really, really interesting. That one's on my radar. And on that same night, we've got Osprey versus uh, Shingo uh, there. And then we have Okada versus Jay White. Um, that night five is going to be one to put on the calendar folks. That one is going to pretty much like every match there is a uh, top notch uh, going for yeah, the down their main event matches. All of those. Yeah. Like Zack Sabre night jr. Versus sounds fantastic right now. Night six Zack Sabre jr. Versus Kenta. That's uh, essentially like a, almost if I could think, you know, like a cruiserweight classic rematch. Almost. We have uh Toriyana versus evil. That that's going to be uh sh- sure to be entertaining uh Kurobushi versus jeff cobb i mean just uh, osprey versus jay white i mean just damn i mean there's so many good matchups coming up in this tournament uh but that wow. night five is gonna be awesome yeah no awesome. this this entire thing i mean like this is this is something different it's innovative it's and i mean it's something that uh, uh that new japan pro wrestling has been doing for a while this isn't new for New Japan Pro Wrestling. It is not. This is un- uh, unfortunately, this seems to be something that is new uh, more to the North American market. Um, more of this needs to happen. This is honestly fantastic. Um, not n- all elite wrestling almost kind of does the same thing. Because they count, they count wins and losses, mm-hmm. but it's not really in like a tournament type of style. Nope. Um, wins and losses, you know, help determine number one contenders, uh, you know, next in line for the championship match, stuff like that. So they kind of adapted a little bit of that style, which I think is, is fantastic. I love seeing the different standings for, uh, you know, all elite wrestling. Yeah. And this is just, uh, you know, an indication that what new Japan pro wrestling has been doing for years now yeah. really does have a positive in my, uh, in my eyes, a positive impact 
on North American wrestling. They really do aim and shoot for that that sports like presentation without a whole lot of the other kind of stuff going on. You, you find that there's not a whole lot of really intricate storyline. I should say that, that there isn't any storyline going on, but just the majority of it is done inside the wrestling ring and, and more in that context and not all yeah. this other kind of uh, stuff going on. Um, yeah, me, it's done a lot more inside difference. the ring, like like Big Joe says, yeah. and at the press conferences. Yes, that's where they get the opportunity to yep. go out there and cut that promo that they wanted to cut. That's their opportunity when yep. when they have those press conferences, which which seem to happen quite often. Um, yep, uh, generally after every event that happens. Uh, you know, after the event, you, you can you can see online that there's a press conference that happens between uh, the contenders that that were on the show that night. And uh, that's really where they kind of build storyline and they build it in a in a fashion that uh, grips you and really pulls you in and, and kind of sometimes rips at the heartstrings. And uh, uh, I mean, I. I know, I know, Big Joe, this is not one of your favorites, but there was a time where Hulk Hogan even uh, kind of got involved with some of these press conferences uh, and and was able to, you know, kind of start things, uh, you know, with, with someone else. And that's how they built and started that little contendership and storyline yeah. was through that conference that happened. And I like that's fantastic. I think that that is, uh, again, a, a very novel idea. And I am super happy that New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, is out there for us and with something as good as that. It's interesting that you would bring up Hulk Hogan and given that we were just talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling because Mr. Terry Balea has actually spent time in over New Japan Pro Wrestling, not a long time, but it was actually interesting because he actually put on some good matches there because mainly because here, Carl over new Japan, they weren't going to just let him be the sports entertainment guy, Hulk Hogan. They made him work and he proved that he could actually work in a ring where he really wanted to. I, I will not take that as much as I like to hate on Hulk Hogan over in new Japan. <laughs> he did pretty damn well there. Gotta say. Yeah. And I mean, the reason why I brought it up is because, um, you know, Hulk Hogan being the biggest North American name and star in the world of professional wrestling. Yeah. Him going over there doing that really brought to North America mainstream what was happening over in New Japan and how those things actually worked. That was really uh, I'm I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but that was really my first experience of a. uh uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Conference, a press conference mm. after uh, was was when Hulk Hogan went mm. because that brought light to it over in North America. And then after that, I was like, holy crap, like this is this is really a great idea. Like yeah. they're really making the sport out of it and really showcasing that. And that's that's why I brought up Hulk Hogan, because that was my first taste and interaction of uh, press conference with New Japan Pro Wrestling was because of Hulk Hogan. Yeah, for sure, and I, I love that when they do those uh, press conferences. It uh, it just it's um, it's a nice simple way to kind of integrate some storyline kind of going on, but without having to go too over the top with it. All right, man, let us do some breaking news. So not a ton of breaking news, and at least I, I didn't really find a whole lot. Uh, you may have found some stuff here, but the one that really 
stood out to me was a, just kind of a simple one here. It's not really necessarily news, but just a, an article that came, I came across, and I think it was worth bringing up. Mr. Jim Ross talking about a legend, a former legend that talent can really learn from. And the legend that he was referring to here, Carl, was Mr. Bobby the Brain Heenan. <coughs> and yeah, wow, um, what a, a great pick, especially if you're somebody who's looking at getting into the commentary field or the, like the managerial yeah. uh, position. But I think especially if you're looking at something to be in that color commentary role, I mean, there were few that were better than Mr. Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, my favorite still of all time, one of my favorite lines ever said during commentary, during not even a match, just something going on, was Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. When Shawn puts Marty through the glass and you hear Bobby go, he tried to dive through the window to escape. Stuff like that. I mean, it's right. just not, not only comedy gold, it, it, is just, it is just fantastic and just adds to that whole kind of entertainment surrealness of professional wrestling, just that kind of stuff. And he had, he had several of these lines uh, throughout his career that were just absolutely fantastic. And it made it hurt even more, like especially when you saw him kind of on his decline with his health, when, when, when you saw what started happening to his face and whatnot, just like it, it, it almost made me cry seeing what he looked like in his declining years. Because, I mean, just knowing that he had to work with Andre as well, just like he had... He arguably had like one of the most successful careers, like a, kind of in that role and in that position. I mean, he did yeah. it. And there aren't too many that did it better than him. You're, you're right. There isn't. And, and especially, uh, you know, those words coming from somebody who as well, we could almost throw into that same category, yeah. uh, uh, Jim Ross. Right. Um, yeah. Bobby the brain, he and just, he had everything. Those one liners, those zingers that yeah. he would come out with, Wow, like he, the guy had had the mental capacity and capability to just be right there. Yep, like he was never off. You never really, and if he did slip for some reason, his faculties were there, yep. and he just he turned it around. It didn't matter if he had he had slipped up a little bit. He was right back mm -hmm. onto it, and like he made it seem like he was just flustered because of this that, that's happening or yeah. something like that like the guy the genius it's guy a quality a it's a quality missing uh in a lot yeah. of uh, in a lot of commentary people or, or you almost hear them kind of sitting there going line you know waiting for production to kind of feed them a line to to say you know bobby was on the ball i mean he a lot of the stuff was to, to stuff uh, he thought up in his own brain like just uh yeah brain <laughs> right so um yeah it, it's somebody that's just go watch. Just go watch. If you're somebody that's looking to to kind of be a color commentator person, he's one of the best to study. Definitely, he is. I mean, and there is a lot of stuff out there. You can you can go to YouTube and uh, find a lot of stuff on Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yep. And you you want to learn from the best, even as one of the best, Jim Ross has said, that's who you you need to look at. Yep. Uh, what do you have for breaking news here, Carl? Is there anything that uh, that you want to bring up? Uh, just something that's a little bit um, comical, I guess we could say. I wonder if I'm thinking of the same thing. I wonder. Uh, may maybe, maybe. Um, Does it involve the power outage that happened? <laughs> Does this involve Mr. The Rock Johnson? Yes. Okay, cool. I was thinking we're thinking of the same thing. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> there was a power outage that happened at uh, The Rock's house, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's house. Um this is pretty he couldn't insane. get into his property because of the gate and uh, it being an electrical gate. 
Yeah. So the guy literally ripped the gate <laughs> off of the hinges yes. to get onto his property. And this is not just like your like wimpy ass gate. Like this is like a reinforced metal gate to like keep people out. Yeah, like this definitely. <laughs> this is his house. Yeah. This is his home. Yeah. He he like yeah. Yeah, like, and the guy just ripped it right yeah. off like a monster. I wish Holy there was video of it. Monster. I wish that there was video of it, but I guess there isn't. But uh, no, I don't think that there is. There was a photo yeah. that was uh, floating around there, but yep. uh, yeah. Oh man. Um. Yeah. Insane. Another little. Oh, you got more on that? No, no. Just I just said insane. Why I still think about it. Oh I mean, yeah, I know, right? Um, something else that's a little bit insane. Um, Cody Rhodes. Tried to trademark the American dream once again and was Uh, denied. Yeah, that's not going to work. United States Patent and Trademark Office uh, uh, believes that uh, Cody Rhodes is not making a good enough effort um, to uh, really substantiate him getting that uh, trademark, Um, which is is almost kind of unfortunate uh, considering like... (coughs) you know, his father made that famous. Mm-hmm. Right. But WWE owns that. So it's, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's really hard. Um, the first was originally filed on March 10th, 2019. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, continues to be denied request after request after request. Uh, this is the third time the trademark has been refused. Um, the trademark office issued a request for reconsideration after final action denial. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like we're just Cody keeps on trying and trying and trying. Um, Vince must still have part ownership of that. Vince must still have uh part ownership, you know, with the, with the dusty, uh, with, with uh, the dusty character. There, there must be some clash happening there. That like that there has to be. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's got to be definitely. Yeah. Um, now, segue. Now wait, we... hold on a second. Okay. I, just, I, I just need to add in here that uh, the examining trademark attorney provided the following notes on the file detailing the reason why the trademark reconsideration has been denied. So this is right from the trademark attorney. Yep. The mark is a stage name for a living individual who can whose consent is of record and it also provides an acceptable specimen, including a flyer promoting the services. The current specimens fail to show the used or the mark used in commerce in connection with the applied for service. In addition, it fails to function as a service mark and it appears to be the stage name of a deceased wrestler. So essentially they're saying you are not promoting anybody that's living. You're not using it for a living person. The person is deceased. You get no trademark. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, that was... Hmm. I just wanted to make sure that we got that in there just so that people aren't going, well, why was it refused? Why was it denied? Right. Well, that's why. That's why. Okay. Yeah, I guess that that, that would uh, kind of make some sense here. Um, and speaking of Dusty here, um, what I want to do is I'm going to share my screen to, to share a little bit of news here, and I'm hoping that I can make this work here. Uh, I'm going to pull this up, and I want to share Chrome tab. 
share Facebook, and I'm hoping that this will come up here, and hopefully you can see that there um, with our friend Dusty Gold. He is going to be the, actually this is coming up tomorrow, and on AEW Dark, him and Ryson, and he's going by the name Xander Gold. He's going to have a tag team match with a couple of the guys from the Dark Order. So our friend Dusty Gold, Carl, is going to be on AEW All Elite Wrestling. How freaking cool is that? That's that's amazing. That is awesome. I mean, I, I I love being able to see people that we that we know that we've talked to that we've had on the show before to see them rise up and go to different heights. And that's exactly what's happening right here with uh, with Xander Gold. Xander Gold. Um, you know, we we interviewed him and knew him as Dusty Gold, mm-hmm. uh, but now Xander Gold and I I'm I'm stoked about this. Like tomorrow night. YouTube is where you go so that you can watch AEW Dark, and you'll be able to see our friend uh, going out there uh, facing five and ten. Um, yep. Pretty <laughs> surreal. Know. Pretty surreal to to yeah. see a guy that you know that we've interviewed and become friends with. You know, we've had he's actually probably been a guest on our podcast probably more than anybody else, and uh, just to, to see him now be on this national platform in professional wrestling, which I mean. I don't think I've met too many people that, that have really kind of strived to be uh, at that level more than Dusty. Dusty has been just, damn, that, that, that guy just, he works hard. And it's just, it's good to see that his hard work is, is paying off for him and getting a chance to, to, to show his craft and his ability on national television. I mean, worldwide, people are going to be able to see this all over the world. So congratulations to our friend, Mr. Dusty Gold. They're definitely going to be able to see it worldwide as well as on the national broadcast of Dynamite. They actually go through and mention the previous night's dark and who the winners and losers were of those matches. So even his name will be put out there onto national television. So with, uh, you know, Xander Gold and Ryzen uh, taking on five and ten, does that mean that the two of them are going down to the five and dime? Who knows? Who knows? Interesting. And uh, I'm hoping that it'll turn to uh, into a regular thing for him as well. And uh, so Me too. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll have to we'll see. And uh, again, I'll work on uh, getting him back on. We just got to make sure that uh, he'll be uh, allowed to um, do things outside of the company. So we'll have to make yes. sure we get all the ducks in a row. And then if we can, we will uh, get uh, Mr. Xander Gold uh, here on Turnbuckle Talk, who's uh, currently doing stuff in AEW. That's uh, pretty freaking cool, oh, uh, in yes. my opinion. All right, Carl, let us do our Match of the Week segment. All right, match of the week. Who do you got? I have got from AEW Hangman Adam Page versus Frankie Kazarian. Mm, good pick. Yeah, I I loved this match. Um, I mean, it wasn't like it was a uh, you know fantastic over the top type of matchup, but just the little <clears throat> things, the little bit of psychology and ring work that was happening inside of this match. You could see hangman page almost heal, almost turning and being very uh, heelish with things, but he kind of brought it back a little bit and then it came forward again a little bit and just those little teases that were happening um, kind of giving us a almost confused and distraught hangman page considering 
you know, he kind of went out there and, and, uh, you know, said, Hey, you like, you know, I still want us to be a tag team. You know, we want to get, let's get back together with uh, Kenny Omega. Um, Kenny Omega now playing full on heel decides to say, Nope, we're done. Goodbye. I'm uh solo, whatever. Glad to finally see, see that, by the way, glad to see that tech. They needed to yep. get Kenny, Kenny to be here. Yeah, me, me too. I'm finally glad to see that. But I mean, to have him go into this match kind of with that uh, that air of distraught on himself and, and to still put on a fantastic match with with arguably one of the best uh, wrestlers today, Frankie Kazarian. Uh, fantastic to see. I loved it. Big Joe, what is your pick for match of the week? So mine recently has been coming from like Ring of Honor and OVW, and there's been some great stuff kind of going on there. Um, but mine is kind of going back to what's kind of becoming my bread and butter with uh, watching professional wrestling. We're go- talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is where my pick is coming from, and more specifically from the night one of the A Block coming from Osaka Prefectural Gymnasium in Nambo, Osaka, Japan, the matchup between Mr. Jay White and Shingo Takagi which went just shy of 20 minutes. Again, when Shingo has a match in New Japan Pro Wrestling, it's on my radar. And when you put him up against a guy like Jay White, who is an interesting person in professional wrestling because he's somebody who plays a heel character and gets a lot of heat from people, and people perceive this as him not being good. Guess what, people? If you're being a bad guy and you're getting that much heat and getting people to hate you, that means you are doing your job exactly the way you should be. And right? and Jay, yeah. and he's, he's fantastic in the ring, and he's great at being a heel, getting people to hate you. That's what you're supposed to do. And he does it very, very well. And Shingo, I mean, he's like your powerhouse baby face, if there ever was one. So it's just a great matchup between these two guys. If you have the chance to the ability to go watch this match from that first round, do yourself a favor and go watch it. My boy Shingo not getting the win, but I mean, damn, the guy still looks good even when he loses. It's absolutely fantastic. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that uh, as well as uh, the first um, the two nights of the, the G1. It was all fantastic. And if you unfortunately do not have a way to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. I feel sad um, for you. <laughs> you can, I mean, you can always go on to YouTube, yeah. um, follow them on YouTube, and they put out little video clips packages um of the matches that happen so i mean you'll get two two to five minutes of uh you know match that happens uh so definitely go and check out new japan pro wrestling on youtube and uh, follow them there i believe it is new japan pro wrestling official um is the one that you need to follow yeah uh and yeah i mean once you're following them you are going to fall in love with professional wrestling again absolutely all right, before we do our showstopper segment here, let's take another brief break and hear from our friends over at Ohio Valley Wrestling. Hi, my name is Barry Radcliffe. You might recognize me from such films as The Longest Ride or Dead 2. Now, as a successful actor, I have two planes, a supermodel wife, countless exotic cars, and a ton of cash. You might think it couldn't get any better than this, but you'd be wrong for only $4.99. You could get OVWWrestlingNetwork.com. That's OVWWrestlingNetwork.com for only $4.99. Now, will your life be as good as this? No. Will it be better? Yes, and I guarantee that. That's not valid anywhere. OVWWrestlingNetwork.com is only $4.99. Tomorrow's yesterday is today. Prices so low, they're insane. (laughs) 
what will bang for your butt? Well, so do I at OVWWrestlingNetwork.com. It's only $4.99 a month. In between excitement, me too. OVWWrestlingNetwork.com is only $4.99 a month. You get that incredible value. She cost me $17 million and I loved it. Want a real value? OVWWrestlingNetwork.com. It's only $4.99. That's a price so low. Well, it's insane. <laughs> So there you go, a little word from our friends over at uh, OVW. Uh, they're doing some really great stuff recently. Most recently they had their 1100th episode, and uh, they even introduced like a North American uh, championship, and just um, Mr. Al Snow is running a, a great ship over there, and uh, of course our friend Mr. Michael Melkor is involved behind the scenes there. Uh, they're doing some great stuff, and um, I, I've started watching them a lot more, and I'm uh, I'm enjoying watching uh, some wrestling again. It just, it just it feels... Like I had mentioned, in that 1100 episode, uh, one of the matches, actually the main event for that match was my match of the week. It just, it feels very much like a homegrown promotion. You just, you watch and you enjoy and you don't uh, sit and kind of pick through nitpick. You just sit back and enjoy some good professional wrestling and that's what they do really, really well. They definitely do. And uh, again, as we've mentioned YouTube before, uh, OVW <laughs> right? Wrestling is on YouTube yep. as well. And uh, their shows go live on YouTube. So it, it's a fantastic opportunity for you. I believe Tuesdays as well. Um, so AEW Dark as well as OVW Wrestling on Tuesday uh, happen on YouTube. So, I mean, it's a fantastic opportunity for you to go and check out some um, up-and-coming stars, some rising stars in the professional wrestling business. Uh, I do want to mention as well that... Uh, you know, like for um, for OBW, uh, Al Snow has a wrestling academy. And the wrestling academy itself is the first accredited yeah. professional wrestling school. How cool is that? You can get like an actual degree in wrestling. Yes. Like, damn. Right? Like, like, that is, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I myself have, uh, you know, looked at and wanted to uh, kind of do and, and and start even even here in the in the little city of Sault Ste. Marie. That would be fantastic. I would love to be able to, 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 to get some kids and to be able to teach and have some, uh, you know, people be able to get a degree, essentially, at the end of things. Like, that's, that's, that's dreams, that's goals. And I am so happy that our friend Al Snow is doing that and just the work that is done since the purchase of OVW has been phenomenal. Well, Carl, speaking of kids, that leads us right into our showstopper segment. So yes, our showstopper segment for this week involves the younger generation and professional wrestling here. Carl, now, I don't know about you, but recently, you know, not just recently, over the last little while interacting with, with young people and if professional wrestling does come up, I get either one of two things. I get either, what is that? Or, oh, that's that WWE stuff. Is that kind of uh, the consensus? Is that uh, kind of your what you get as well? It definitely is. That's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, people are still, um, even the younger people still really, really know the names like Hulk Hogan, uh, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, um, and then John Cena. John Cena is the big one, right? Yeah, that, yeah the, that's that's the big one. 
Um, I, I do get, you know, some, some younger kids that are talking about, you know, the older, older stars, because well, maybe they've heard it from their parents or, or heard it from their, uh, their family members or something like that. Right. Or heard it from somebody like me, who's an old guy who's been watching professional wrestling for like nearly 35, 37 years. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that, that same, same for me. I mean, you get a lot mm. of what is professional wrestling mm -hmm. and, and you get a lot of, Oh yeah, that's that Monday stuff. Right. So, I mean, it, it's still that stigma is there of just, uh, you know, Oh, it's just that Monday night fake show that's on TV. Yeah. What can we do? Cause this kind of begs more of the, the question than, than the real uh, heart of the topic here is what can we do to generate some interest in professional wrestling amongst the young crowd? Now I, I know that the, the immediate reaction or, or the, the path would be social media. But for quite a while now, I, I felt that it's really been kind of a detriment to professional wrestling. Not, and I think especially in WWE, we see that effect of, um, of superstars, quote-unquote, shooting themselves in the foot by doing too much or you know, saying the wrong thing on social media. But I think that the, the, the problem with focusing too much on social media is that yeah, just it, it enforces this short attention span as a new younger generation because a lot of these younger people can sit through maybe 30 seconds, maybe a minute or two, and if you're any longer than that, you've lost them. And I, I think that that's kind of at the heart of the problem here is that these shows, especially that Monday night one that you were just hinting at, three hours long. These kids don't want to sit through that, Carl. No, they don't. Um yeah, I mean it's 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 interesting though because I I, I do you know kind of tune in a little bit to uh, to Monday Night Raw mm -hmm. as well as SmackDown um, <clears throat> because I've I've been very interested in this uh, Thunderdome aspect that they have and interested in seeing the people that are there looking at the demo yep. looking at the demographic of people that's there. And you know what? It's 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 weird. It's very weird that we are even talking about this because I I notice that there is younger people mm -hmm. that are watching. Yeah. They're part of the Thunderdome. So I I'm I'm wondering if maybe this Thunderdome was actually a, a good thing to maybe draw in that younger crowd because where are they usually sitting in front of their TV on a, on a gaming system or, uh, you know, sitting there watching, um, you know, somebody on YouTube playing Minecraft when they've got Minecraft that they could be playing themselves. Yep. Um, a lot of times they're on one of these or, yeah, or they're on their phone, yep. right? They're, they're on a mobile device, whether it's a phone, whether it's a tablet or a gaming system, whatever have you, that's where they are. So this is a, an opportunity for them to uh, get involved with the show and still be kind of in that electronic type yeah. of world because, well, all they have to do is sit in front of their television or sit in front of their computer or whatever, right? And, yeah. and, and it's there for them. Um, so, I mean, it's, I think that the Thunderdome for, for that aspect has been kind of good. You touched on the social media aspect of it. You're right. Mm -hmm. I mean, social media itself really only, only holds you for, you know, a short, very period amount of time. Yep. Um, what's it going to take though, to get the younger crowd interested and involved? I think you already hit it. 
I think you already hit it. This Thunderdome concept, getting people, uh, like you said, since they're already on their devices, and yep. that's how they can kind of tune in. I, I, I think that they kind of stumbled on it. I, you know what? They, yeah, I, I, that's that's why I brought that up because I yep. mean, like, I'm not a huge fan of the Thunderdome. I Me think neither. it's a great concept. Yep. I, I honestly do. I think it's a great concept. Uh, people, st- people still want to be able to go to live events, and this almost makes it feel as though it's kind of like a live event, but they're kind of seeing the backstage production side of things as well. Um, when I have an opportunity to uh, either on a Monday or a Friday, if, if I have the night off, I, I'm really contemplating trying to throw my name in there mm. and uh, see if I can become part of the Thunderdome and stay there for the entire three hours or two hour period. Make sure you're wearing your Timberwolf the shock shirt. If you oh, do. yeah, definitely. I will be. <laughs> um, hopefully they allow it because there's no self-promotion right. of anything uh, you know, other than WWE. Right. Yeah. So like you see my stuff, I'd have to move the webcam to, you know the original position where it just shows the white screen in the background. <laughs> but uh, w- one other thing that I think is, is really lacking that might allow and grip a younger fan is persona. Now, right now we've, we've got, uh, you know, MJF who is a, a really great heel mm-hmm. right now in the business. And that's fine. That's perfect. But we need that one good guy as well. And, uh, you know, even if the two of them and we take social media again, we take the two of them and they start kind of bickering and bantering back and forth on social media. That's where it's going to start to grip the younger people. And uh, it, we, we need something that's going to be very um, catastrophic. That really happens. We're going to need something that goes viral. Yeah. That's going to be the thing. And then once this viral video or whatever it is hits, then that's when we're going to start to see more of a resurgence of younger fans coming in because it's on social media. It has gripped them. It went viral. And now it's like, wow, what am I missing out on? Maybe Mm -hmm. I need to tune in. And what I think, and specifically with WWE to hook in younger people, you know, they've definitely, I think, stumbled upon something that appeals to them with the Thunderdome concept, getting people to log in on their computer, their devices, that works. On top of it, though, they need to get back to, and I'm going to say that this applies specifically to WWE. I'm not going to apply it to all professional wrestling because it, it just, the New Japan formula works the way it is in further on down the line. OVW works, uh, the indie wrestling promotion, uh, that, that works the way it is. For WWE to hook in the younger viewers, they need to get back to the superhero, supervillain-esque kind of personas because kids love superheroes. They love supervillains. Hell, even 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 we do to a certain extent. The, the kid and us still like superheroes and supervillains, but especially kids, they can really latch onto that stuff. If you take what you have and just kind of blow it up character-wise, you know, then you could have something. Exactly. No, and that's that's uh, uh, that that's kind of what I was alluding to as well with the whole persona and character thing, right? Yep. So you've got this mega heel right now in uh, like MJF. Right. But we need a few more of those. That's that's the big thing. We need a few more of those to be able to um, really grip those people so that they can have that kind of over the top type of superhero, super villain esque type of character to, uh, to 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 really 
grab at them. And then uh, <clears throat> hopefully, maybe. Um, will professional wrestling ever die? No. No. It definitely will not. Uh, will it Will it decline a little bit? Yeah, probably. Um, as, as we've seen, right? Like, I mean, we, uh, we look back at the attitude era, uh, that was huge, huge. huge. People loved that era, right? Just, yeah. And, and it worked back then it worked doing stuff like that today. No, not so much. No. That wouldn't work, especially like, yeah, you know, the different stuff that they were doing with, uh, uh, with DX and with the nation yeah. and, and None of that, know, would like, that would not fly at fun. all today. Yeah. But back then that worked yeah. and that's really what we need to find. We need to tap into something that's going to work to be able to get these people back. Yeah. And I think, to make that happen at those higher up levels, you really need to have somebody, you know, that is knowledgeable about, uh, you know, about actual pop culture these days and somebody who's tech savvy and whatnot. And guess who isn't either of those two things here, Carl, <laughs> Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Um, so I'm not saying, you know, that we didn't necessarily move, remove Vince as an owner, but I think that to help make this happen too, we need somebody, um, who is just younger and who has those other attributes to kind of fill that that CEO position eventually? Uh, will it happen? Who knows? But uh, I think you just be, and this is an important topic because this younger generation, you know, once we're gone, these are the going to be the people left to be the fans of professional wrestling. And if we haven't drawn them in, then we're going to see a real lack of interest in viewership in professional wrestling going forward if we don't find a way to really attract them to it. That's right. Pure and simple. All right, man. Well, that about wraps it up for this week. For for a week where we seemingly didn't have a whole lot of topics going in, or seemingly, I thought, damn, we we almost filled an hour and a half here, Kirk. Hall. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> you and I both know the chemistry that we have. Uh, you know, we we've been able to do this anytime. You you. you could give us only two topics and we'd be able to fill an hour. We definitely could because our minds are wired a little bit differently and we can really take things and spin them around into a different uh, topic if need be or whatever. So, I mean, you and I have always been able to do that. And uh, thanks. Thanks, Big Joe, for uh, uh, being part of this with me and uh, bringing me in a while ago. And uh, like, this is this is fantastic. Uh, uh, 183 episodes in like 185, 185 episodes. And yeah. there's still we still are able to find new topics every week. And not too many times have we actually repeated a showstopper segment. Uh, you know, occasionally I think we, we've kind of not repeated, but morphed the topics a little bit. But uh, yeah, sometimes it can be hard to, to find new topics this week. But professional wrestling usually delivers in those aspects, and there's always something that happens. It's a wild, crazy oh, yeah. world, and uh, we love talking about it. So before we go for this week here, Carl, though, I'll let you uh, talk a little bit about our, our main sponsors. And I have, um, and once you go through those, I have a little bit of a an extra one uh, for you guys that Carl hasn't even heard yet. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. So our main sponsors, we're looking at CollarAndElbowBrand.com. If you guys were listening and hearing this entire show, you did hear the commercial or see the commercial for CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Our friends over at CollarAndElbowBrand.com have some amazing merchandise. If you're watching the video, you have seen. As always, I am wearing my Collar and Elbow branded hat. I love this thing. It fits so comfortably. Go and check out CollarAndElbowBrand.com. While you're there, after you're, you've 
decided what you want and you're going to make your purchase, use our promo code JK podcast at the checkout. You're going to get yourself 10% off your entire order, whether that's new or clearanced merchandise. So make sure you go and check out collarandelbowbrand.com. As well, our second sponsor that we have is our friends over at Phoenix, fnxfit.com. Go and check out fnxfit.com for all your health supplement needs, whether it's protein powder, whether it's pre-workout, post-workout, super greens, collagen, testosterone, whatever you are looking for, go and check out fnxfit.com. If you're looking to save a little bit of money on your purchase from fnxfit.com, send us a message on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at tbtalkpod, and we will ensure that you get a discount code to save some money. So make sure you go and check out fnxfit.com. For sure. Now, the the, the special one I haven't even told uh, Carl about. I'll have to, you know what, I'll, I'll share my screen for this uh, to make it kind of like a reveal here. Um, as of just uh, today, uh, actually uh, earlier this morning, I, I got to, uh, to speak to these guys and uh, we have a little bit of a, uh, of a thing that I can offer for people here. So I'm going to share my screen and you'll be able to see it come up here. And my friends here at Microplay here in Brantford, Ontario, Canada, uh, we have a little bit of a deal here. So um, if you're somebody who's a local in the area, if you go into the Microplay location here on King George Road in Brantford, and if you mention Turnbuckle Talk, they will give you 10% off your first toy purchase at the store. So if you want to go purchase your first toy at the, at the Microplay store, mention us, Turnbuckle Talk, and you will get 10% off. So there you go, guys. Damn, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, thank you, Microplay in yes. uh, in Brantford. That's that's fantastic. Awesome. Yep, they're a local video game retailer, and uh, it's like a mom and pop uh, style shop, and it's where I've done my video game shopping for the better part of... Uh, I don't even know how long now. So it's uh, it's great that we have a small uh, retailer like this because some of the bigger video game retailers kind of rip you off and uh, they don't do this. They have absolutely fantastic customer service. They, uh, they treat you like family there and that's why I like to uh, go there and why I like to support them. And now we have this uh, little bit of a deal for you guys. So like I said, if you're in Brantford, mention Turnbuckle Talk, 10% off your first toy purchase inside the store. And with all of those savings that you guys have got from CollarAndElbowBrand.com, FNXFit.com, yep. and now Microplay. You can use that to go to <laughs> our store. Yeah. Check out our store at turnbuckle-talk.myshopify.com. You want to get yourself one of these shirts that Big Joe and I are wearing, whether it's purple, black, white, blue, green, orange. We got a plethora of colors. It's getting to be winter time. We have got a sweater there as well, black with the white logo on it. Go and check out our store, turnbuckle-talk.myshopify.com. Make a purchase there. Every time that you make a purchase there or at any of our sponsors, it definitely helps us out, keeps these video podcasts going, keeps the audio podcast going, and just keeps us bringing you professional wrestling talk. So make sure you go and check out all of those sites. Even if you don't buy something, you know what we ask you to do? Share it out. Share out our promo code even. Uh, and that's fantastic. If you can't make a purchase, that's fine share it out for us. And that definitely helps. One last thing quickly that I want to mention is that we still have our contest going on. Yes. Our run for 500. 
So we want to get our uh, Facebook page up to 500 likes on the page. Once we hit 500 likes, we're going to do a draw. And that draw is going to win you a Jake the Snake Roberts autographed photo from my personal collection as well. We'll let you be a co-host on an episode of Turnbuckle Talk. There you go. All you got to do is make sure that you're sharing it out for us. Like the page yourself and then send us a message on our Facebook page at TB Talk Pod to let us know that you have helped us grow to 500 and your name will be included and added into that draw. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Uh, if I was a fan of, uh, of our show, I think I, I would definitely uh, be in for that. And to be a guest with us, I mean, how cool is that? Right? How cool is that? Yeah. All right, man. That wraps it up for this week, and we'll see you on the next one. Have a nice day. It's me, it's me. It's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run. Run.